Welcome to Hija de tu Madre podcast. I am your host, Vanessa Graves. This is a bi-weekly podcast in which I sit down with some amazing women and discuss their mother's immigration story. We unload the feelings of being children to immigrant parents. We uncover our mother's strengths and discuss how we are working on using that to be better versions of ourselves. Our goal is to have an open discussion on how immigration makes America great. I hope you enjoy these stories as much as I am enjoying telling them. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Hija de tu Madre Podcast for updates on episodes. You can also follow me on Twitter at HDTM Podcast. And don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcast and share, share, share my podcast with all of your friends. Abrazos and I hope you enjoy. Hola, y'all. I hope you all had a great and happy new year. Mine was pretty good. I definitely will say that I kind of cried like a baby whenever the new year officially rang in. Something about just truly wanting this to all just go away like magic that kind of got me. And I knew it wasn't going to happen, but the, the part of my brain that carries all of my inner most unrealistic expectations definitely got the best of me. And I will begin with the good and kind kind of just end with the ugly for a little bit before I get started on the topic for the vlog that I have chosen. But I attempted to try to figure out how to make my mom's pan con pollo. And my friend Paola tried to make it and it kind of just inspired me. Side note that she was my very first podcast guest. So head on over to episode two to check out her story. But essentially what she did, she had a Zoom call with her mom because she lives in another state and her mom lives here in Texas. So she had a cool little Zoom call with her and she helped her make the pan con pollo and it inspired me to do the same. And my mom make, basically makes it every year, but I never thought to just make it by myself. And since my last vlog post episode, I realized that my mommy is not going to be here forever and I need to be able to pass on those traditions. And what was funny was that Paola posted that the receta that she got from her mom was pretty vague and it did not include the exact measurements or things to add. And well, when I asked my mom how to make it, she basically gave me a piece of paper with the ingredients and that was it. And I asked her, I mean, how many hojas de laurel do you use? And she's like, uh, just put like two or three. I mean, I don't know. And when I asked her how many sem uh, semillas de calabaza, she yelled at me for basically asking a stupid question. So needless to say, my pollo con, uh, my pan con pollo was just not as good as my mommy's. Uh, I think I added too much uh, water y pues ya valió. But don't worry, I'll try and try and try again until I can get it right. And, you know, I just think that our intentions on New Year's are seemingly the same. You know, for the most part, we eat las uvas, las lentejas, and run around our house with tamaletas. And if you know, I mean, you know, and this year, I think we're really just trying to manifest that shit more than ever. Uh, I mean, I hope my uvas keeps everybody healthy and it puts an end to COVID. I hope that the lentejas brings, you know, monetary help to all of those that need it. And for goodness sakes, let's just hope that our maletas give us the ability to travel because I'm just over it. I, I, I want to change the scenery. I am tired of my sala and my backyard just is isn't doing it uh, for me anymore. So I just hope that the New Year's manifestation game that we all, you know, had was so strong and that we can 
just go back to living our lives again. And, you know, I will say 2021 is already tripping. I mean, it needs to happen. Um, you know, all the stuff that's happening right now definitely needs to happen so we can see what really is going on. We truly need to see the real America. So although I'm extremely sad and scared at what happened at the Cap- uh, Capitol Hill, I hope that it just makes people realize that this is your true America, that the day that the insurrection happened, as they're calling it, um, I was driving home from picking up my daughter and I was listening to NPR and they were interviewing Latasha Brown and she's the co-founder of Black Votes Matter. She was speaking about the incredible win that Warnock and Assoff had in Georgia that day. And towards the end of the interview, she started singing this hymn. And I'm telling you, it was beautiful. And it just made me feel better. Uh, after everything that had happened earlier that day, I was just feeling so peaceful and I was feeling hope. And I kid you not, as she was singing this beautiful hymn, I drove by a truck with four Trump flags and I just started crying. I started crying so hard. And in that moment of peace that I was having, this piece of shit just ruined it. Just like they have ruined everything else. I mean, they're trash, every single one of them, and everybody that condones this type of behavior is trash. And I'm just, I was just sad that the ham got ruined. I was sad for us not truly being able to celebrate Georgia and that great victory. And I was mad that this was America. This is what America has always been. It is so tiring just having to keep spewing the same thing. But I mean, it's definitely up to us to keep it alive. I mean, nothing was going to change if we just turned the other way, right? And I mean, it, there's just a newsflash for those that think that ignoring all of this will just make it not true. It, it won't. All you're doing is just being complicit to everything. So, okay, yeah, I mean, I'm done with my rant and I truly just hope that each and every one of you that believes that this is not us rhetoric just really goes and reads a history book because it is daunting and just so annoying to keep having to go back to the same idea that this is not us and that this is not America. Because if you truly look back at everything, if you truly look back to our history, this is what America has always been. And it's up to us, especially as, you know, people of color to start changing that narrative, to force this upon everybody to force that we should not be treated the way we're being treated right now. I mean, it's disrespectful, it's disgusting, and it's just up to us to hold everybody accountable for their actions time and time again. And I know I've said it before. I mean, it's hard to just understand that a lot of the times it's always on us to keep changing America and to keep telling everybody that this is just not the way they they should be, right? And of course, every time that you tell people that, they don't see it because it doesn't happen in their daily lives. And for us, we do, right? We see it every single time. And we see it whenever we are not being represent, 
represented in the history books. We see it when we don't see people of color in the industries that surround us. And, you know, it's really crazy to see that even now in this day and age, we're still having to fight the fight that America just feels is them. They just take it upon themselves to believe this rainbow world that they live in, that us of people of color do not live in. It is not reflected on us. And it is always just kind of daunting to even think about what their lives are like through those glasses. And, you know, I think it's just on us now to really step up and really ask for change from everybody, from the representatives that are leading us to the government that's leading us and to our own family members that are not taking the time to see what's really in front of them, especially those that have allowed this administration to be what it is today. They are allowed, they have allowed all of this to happen and we should hold them accountable. And if you're scared to hold them accountable, then I don't know what to tell you because at this point, everybody's complicit to their actions and it is disgusting and I am just definitely not gonna have it. And I know that I have initiated that in my life and I just hope that a lot of y'all can do the same and understand that this is important for us to keep moving forward. We have to show those people accountable and it doesn't matter who they are. So, you know, with that being said, I'm just kind of going to go on to my vlog topic and I basically skipped the vlog episode two, I mean, uh, two weeks ago, because first of all, work was really crazy. Um, and I don't know if a lot of you guys know, but I am in HR. And at the end of the year, I basically have to do open enrollment, which is uh, such a crazy task and very tedious. So I was definitely at my wits end with work and with life and being a mom. And it was just very overwhelming. And second, I mean, I kind of found out that the following episode after the Cruz sisters episode came on, um, the topic that I was going to basically cover with uh, that episode kind of carried on with uh, the Call Your Sister podcast episode. So I basically decided that I was just going to kind of join them in together. And the vlog post is about the older siblings. So we all have one. And in many cases, we may be one. So, you know, being the oldest uh, definitely has its challenges. But as being a child to immigrant parents, you know, it is very hard sometimes to be the oldest in the family. And the Cruz sisters, you know, kind of just went in and discussed that a little bit. And I know that the Call Your Sisters podcast also discussed this. So, you know, being the oldest sibling is definitely no joke. Uh, and in both of those episodes, the sisters discussed just kind of the weight that was placed on the shoulders of the oldest child. And I'm also the oldest child to two younger brothers, so I can totally relate to them. And in a lot of the conversations that I was having with both of those sisters, I can 
totally understand where they were coming from. It was very hard for me to hear their stories and to hear, you know, some of the things that they went through and not understand how they were feeling during those times. So, you know, on the episode for the Call Your Sister podcast, uh, Astrid mentioned that she didn't get to figure out if she had to potentially, you know, be a clarinet player or, you know, be good at an extracurricular activities because she didn't truly have the ability to really have a childhood. And, you know, that spoke volumes to me because a lot of the times, you know, I, I also didn't get to do a lot of those things because as being the oldest child, our responsibility always lies on having to take care of our brothers, um, you know, or sisters. And it is up to us to take care of those obligations while our parents are away at work. And, you know, those responsibilities are sometimes very hard. And as our parents are kind of just navigating this new country, we're basically the ones holding their hand and guiding them along. We are the ones that are translating everything from bills to, you know, the family history at our doctor at the doctor's office. And I mean, how many of you know all of your parents' medical conditions and know how to translate, you know, if they had rheumatoid arthritis or uh, carpal tunnel, right? Like at that age, we shouldn't even know what that is because that is definitely probably not part of our vocabulary. But during those times, I mean, we're forced to kind of learn how to translate these medical terms or even just terms that we're not even learning in school, right? I mean, it is definitely something that is very hard to do. And I will say that this helped me tremendously when I was I started to work in HR. I helped all of my Spanish-speaking employees fill out their health evaluations that we provided for health screenings uh, each year for them. So I was able to use the skills that I learned when I was 12 years old at the age of 30 in a work environment. And I mean, how many people can say that? So that's where I keep going back to the fact that for whatever reason, I feel that we need to put in that we being children to immigrant parents needs to be part of our resume because those are the type of skills that we are learning at such a young age when other people are just not even doing the same or not even on our level. And granted, we may fall short on some of the things because we primarily maybe don't know the language to the full extent that maybe another person in our grade knows it because they have been speaking English for a longer time than we have. But I mean, that just goes to show that I have essentially learned the language and I think I do a pretty good job about it. I mean, I definitely will say that my grammar is sometimes probably not the best at times, but the fact that I have even been able to attain those skills at such a young age that I'm now starting to use in an adult environment speaks volumes and should speak for something. So, you know, it kind of just goes back for to the weight that children of immigrant parents carry on their shoulders. I mean, it's immense. And when you're talking about being the oldest, the weight on your shoulders seriously gets even bigger. You're essentially trying to be a parent at that age. 
you know, our parents are always working, like I mentioned, to kind of take care of us. And, you know, it's up to us to just take care of our older siblings. And it is definitely a sense of obligation uh, from us to make sure to just lead that path. And I'm not sure if everyone feels the same way, but we are just constructed to mold as a parent. I remember being really young and knowing I needed to help them be better versions of myself. It was my responsibility to have them follow in my footsteps. And I do not remember my mom ever really telling me that I had to do this, but there was always just been some sort of unspoken rule that it was up to me to pave the way. And I have always wanted to do everything right to show my brothers that it can be done. And I mean, I will admit, I did fail a lot of the times because I just wanted to enjoy myself and I wanted to just not have any responsibilities. I wanted for someone to just not depend on me for once. And that has always just been something that I have always battled with, just the idea of wanting to just rest and wanting to just not have somebody needing to call me to help with something. And I mean, nevertheless, I I mean, I tried my best. I went to college wanting my brothers to follow in my footsteps and I hope to just be a good role model. And that's the extent of what I, all I could give apart from doing all of the things that I was already doing. And I mean, only they can tell you if I did a decent job or not. And although I will reveal a little something about the job I did, which is something that still hurts to this day. And, you know, in an argument a while back, one of my brothers told me that when I was younger, I never wanted to take care of them. And I still struggle with that comment uh, because even though it's so true, it's so fractured because he's completely right. I did not want to take care of them. I was 12. I wanted to play with my friends. I wanted to not cook and just make sure that I had to dress them in the morning. I didn't want any of those responsibilities. I did not want that responsibility at that age. So it is definitely a reality that us being the oldest child has to face at times. And it's so hard sometimes. Sometimes there is no reward. Sometimes our parents tell us that it's our job because they're making the sacrifices. Then the youngest kids sometimes forget what we have done. I mean, ultimately, it was our parents who did it all right. All of their efforts, everything that they have done is a sacrifice. And I definitely don't want to diminish that. But then I feel that sometimes a lot of our efforts go unnoticed. So what I am here to say is that your job did not go unnoticed. I know you were the glue and you did everything you could at that age. You did a great job regardless of how anyone or everyone turned out. And I commend you. I mean, I know how hard it was. I truly walked in every one of your footsteps And nobody will ever understand the struggle more than me. And I have been you and I have heard the harsh reality of our efforts. So I want to thank all of the oldest children to immigrant parents. You held it down and what you have given us is just 
your sacrifices that a lot of people don't really see. You have given up so much and everything that you have given up just makes you stronger. And I definitely do not want to diminish the efforts, like I said, of our parents, but I feel that all of the sacrifices that the oldest child has gone through sometimes are overshadowed by those things. And we didn't get to play outside a lot of the times. And we didn't get to do a lot of the things that we wanted to do because on those Fridays or Saturday nights, we had to take care of our, ch- of our brothers and sisters because our parents were at work. So we didn't get to go to the movies or we didn't get to go somewhere after school because we had to wait or go pick up our brothers and sisters at school. And it's such a hard reality to face just thinking back at everything that we did and that sometimes it doesn't matter or that sometimes we are told that, you know, we didn't want to do that when in reality, you're right, we didn't. It wasn't part of what we thought, right? Like what was going to happen, but it was something that we had to do because we were told that we needed to do. And I want to make sure that each and every one of you knows that you did a great job despite of it maybe not being told to you. You are amazing and you are such a great part of the family that you have constructed. You are such a big part of that just as much as your parents are. So I want to commend you for everything, all of your sacrifices, all of the love, all of the never-ending things that you never got to do. And I just hope that you realize the true value that you displayed for your family. So thank you all for listening to my little rant. And I will just get off my caja de jabón. And I just want to tell you, thank you so much for listening. And I hope to see you guys at some point in my life. Uh, So, abrazos. (laughs) 